name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. We have in our midst today, most of the people on Zoom, that's this little camera thing right here, have been to St. Paul's in the last year or so. And today we welcome with us John and Carol from Florida. They're sitting right here in the center. So we God 
could forgive sins and they didn't see what was right before them, right in their eyesight. Jesus God. Your faith has to be stronger than the infectiousness of Satan. Is it? If God were to come in this room, Jesus were to come in this room today, and I believe he is here, would he see your faith that strong? Faith is something that needs to be worked on, not just on Sundays, but every day of the week. Perhaps it's short prayer, dear God, give me the strength to withstand the temptations of this world. Give me the strength to resist the devil. There are some who intellectually fully know all the Bible. They know what every word means, what every scene in the Bible means. They really know the Bible, but they perhaps don't know it to heart. They know it, bravo, but you have to live the Bible and what it says. You have to <coughs> read and be willing, not have to, but willing to follow what God says by means of the Bible. Matthew, if you want to follow these along in your pew Bibles, it's a short one. It's Matthew 19, 14 on page 824. Don't, have, don't feel as though you have to, it's just a sentence. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. He means, of course, little children, but he also means those who are new to the faith and who do not know the faith. All those who are come to him. The weakened, all who come to him. James 2, 14 to 26 is kind of a long passage. And it's found on page 1012, 1012. What it is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save it? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but there's nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. For someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe and shudder. You foolish person. Do you want evidence of the faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac at the altar? One of the saddest events in the Bible when I first read that years ago. I, I imagine what he must have been going through to set his son up to die. As a father, it, it just sent a chill through me. You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteous, and he was called God's friend. Would God call you his friend? We have to strive, we have to work, we have to indeed believe we will achieve that. If not, we will fail miserably. We need to work on it. You see that a person is considered righteous for what they do and not by faith alone. 
In the same way, this is the last couple of verses here. In the same way, it was not even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous, for that she did not, which she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in different directions. I'll tell you a little bit about it. You know, as you, as you read the Bible, you not only have to read it and maybe understand what the words you have to really feel it. When you get done with the Bible lesson, you have to say to yourself, how has this transformed me? How has this changed me? If it hasn't changed you, you might as well have read a comic book. It's not going to you need to be changed. You need to take the word of God in here. And actually, maybe perhaps before you begin the Bible study, is say, I want to be transformed. Please, God, make the scripture come alive in me. Because it's got to come alive in you in order for you to have salvation. Now, Rahab was a prostitute. She, her house was in uh, Jericho. And Joshua was outside of Jericho, uh, camping, ready to come in and take over the area. Her house was on the wall of Jericho, the wall of protection for them. And Joshua sent two spies in. Rahab had a, uh, well, in ancient Jewish writings it said that she had a brothel and an inn, usually combined. And these two men came to the inn or the brothel, part of it, we don't know, but they sought safe harbor with her. The king found out that these two spies were somewhere around there, and he sent people to search, and they searched her home, and she hid them in the straw, well, for lack of another word, straw ceiling. And when they came down after the king's men left, she said, no, I have protected you. I want you, when you, you come and conquer this, these people, I want you to save my people and protect my family. She had heard what the Israeli people did with the part of the parting of the sea and all they had done, and she knew they were God's people. So by faith in that, she went out on the limb where she could have been stoned to death and harbored these spies. And they, in turn, once they came in and conquered, they took all her family and made them welcome with the Israeli people. In fact, she became uh, Jewish, and her ancestry included Jeremiah. And if you go to Matthew 1, where they do uh, all the names of people prior to Jesus, all his relatives going back, and you'll see her mentioned around Boaz's time. So, just a thought. Jesus came into this world. He didn't come in, in search of those who were uh, the scholarly ones. He looked, I mean, every single one of those disciples, every single one of them, was nothing close to a road scholar. Nothing close. They were all just normal up and down the street, perhaps lower than up and down the street, people. And here he chooses Rahab in ancestry time to also be a servant of God. So what's holding us back? What do we do to show the deeds we do reflect our faith in Jesus Christ? I think it's something you think about on a Sunday afternoon as you're sitting here. 
What have I done? More importantly, perhaps, what am I going to do? Luke 10, Luke 18, verses 10 to 12, page 877, for those of you who want to read. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. I love this lesson. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like these other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, and even this tax collector here. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I've got. Wow, and he stands right in the middle of things, letting everybody know how special he is. The significance about the Pharisee standing alone to pray is its image of self-sufficiency found in his prayer. Just a little bit of reflection again. Today, as you, when you go home, just think, what am I doing? What am I doing? Am I working towards being a member of God's house, the final? Or am I working for the pleasures of today? What do my deeds reflect how my faith is? Think about it. I'm responsible for my soul. I'm responsible for influencing your souls. But at the end of the day, each and every one of us is on its own. That's scary. But my dear Christian friends, it's true. Let's say a little prayer. Hear me, Father, be with us this day and all days. And may as we awake in the morning, thank you, God, for all the blessings we anticipate having this day and all days. And may we ask of you to let us know what we can do to help the kingdom, what we can do in our lives to bring people to faith, what we can do in this world to lead us to the next. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.